Welcome to the 23rd episode of It Wasn't Me, a true crime podcast where we talk about murders that intrigue us. I am Cindy. And I'm Mercedes. This week, we travel to Mesa County, Colorado, where a hunting trip goes bad. Thank you for listening to last week's episode where a drug-addled love triangle ended in a gruesome murder. Fair warning, our show can be extremely horrifying and graphic, and we will use offensive language. So if you have kids, put them away for a while and join us for a murder. Also, be forewarned, we are very passionate and always have been about true crime. But sometimes we will make jokes and laugh at our podcast. For more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and please leave us a five-star rating. While you're there, leave a comment telling us which murder intrigues you. And if you like our show, please consider supporting us through patreon.com forward slash itwasn'tmepod. We appreciate our Patreon supporters more than we can express with words. Thank you so much. Hi, Mercedes. How are you? Hey, Cindy. How's it going? Pretty good. You uh, washing your hands and all that jazz? Oh, yeah. You know it. Yeah. And um, you have any toilet paper? Uh-huh. Got a roll I can borrow? Let me just tell you. <laughs> I went over to the Costco store. Right. And uh, they had to- I saw people coming out with toilet paper. I was like, well, holy shit. I'm going to get some toilet paper because I don't have any. Okay. I'm not trying to, you know, hoard, a, you know, 192 rolls of toilet paper. But let me tell you, there's some people who are. Really? Yes. This lady was like, yeah, I didn't get my toilet paper yesterday. So I came today to get my toilet paper. And you can get two packs. Well, the packs are 48 rolls of toilet paper. What? Yes. And I was like, okay, well, she's Where the hell would you put 48 rolls of toilet paper? <laughs> or 92 rolls of toilet paper. Oh, my god. 96. 96 rolls of Do toilet the paper. Do the math, Cindy. Yeah. Well, here's some math for you. Then her, it's two packages, like, per cart, per checkout. Okay. Well, then her husband rolls up with his two 48 packs of toilet paper. What the hell are they doing with 192 rolls of toilet paper? So they have four 48 packs. That is correct. Wow. I, I'm down to seven rolls of toilet paper. Now, Now, mind you, they're they're the big kind. I got, right. I got the Charmin, like... They're kind of skinny rolls, but they're thicker. And I have seven rolls. And I'm starting to freak out a little because I've been looking for toilet paper and see it nowhere. Right. Well, I did get some at Target. But here's the thing. If it gets that bad and I shit myself, I'm going to get in the shower. Hey, yeah. Didn't you tell me that somebody, you know, bought a bidet? Yes. She bought, like, the attachment. She said it was, like, less than $20 off Amazon. Now, granted, if you try to order it now, you're not going to get it till April. So, wait, so do you, like, hook it up somehow to your water and your toilet? I'm intrigued by this idea. I guess so. Okay. I don't well, know. My husband listen. says we should create the one where it, like, it poofs, like, baby powder on you. Poof. I'm not he envisioning wants baby, this. He wants baby powder on his ass. Oh, do you know that, like, baby powder causes cancer? We are going way off. <laughs> I mean, can we not talk about <laughs> shitty topics anymore? Oh, well, I do have one more shitty topic I'd like to talk about. Oh. It's not really shitty, but it is kind of. Eh. So, well, last week we we did the Rowena White, no, Ro, Rowena Mills, who killed Bo Allen White. That was, and we talked about her being a stripper in West Virginia, and um, yeah, yes, we did. And so we were had a discussion about whether were they did they have did, nipple, did they like, show their nipples, tassels, or whatever, whatever. Right, okay. So I reached out to a friend of mine who lives in West Virginia. He went to college there. He stayed there. Whatever. 
and I was like, hey, you know, I got a kind of a strange question for you. I'd like to know about your stripper situation in West Virginia. And he thought it was hilarious that I would even ask him that. And I said, do these gentlemen's clubs in West Virginia, you know, do they cover up or whatever? He was like, well, first off, it's not anything you'd ever want to see. But no, they are fully nude. So fully nude. So did he say anything at all about them being gentlemen's clubs? Because is it just a strip club or is it a gentleman's club? Well, I think they're all called gentlemen's clubs just to try to get that, you know, nastiness, right. dirtiness off of them. But he was right. like, they are straight, dirty, and toothless. And you don't want to be there, right? Correct. Poor thing. Okay. All right. So this week, we travel to Colorado. Okay. We haven't been there before. No, never been to Colorado in person or on my podcast. <laughs> no. Our podcast. Me either. All right. So we're going to, we're traveling to Colorado to discuss a married couple and a hunting accident or murder, possibly revenge. Hmm. So you ready? Yeah. All let's right. Let's do this. So I want to introduce you to Janice K. Dodson, and that is her married name. She was born... Janice K. Sanders, and um, she grew up outside of or in Houston, Texas, and a middle-class family that spent their free time hunting in the great outdoors. According to an episode of Snapped, her life growing up really wasn't all that pleasant. She often butted head with her parents, which to me, that's not really shocking, but no. they didn't really go into any more than that. Okay. So yeah. a friend of hers said that she had issues and she felt like she needed to escape, so so. She needed to escape her home life, so she fled. She left fleeing her family, is what she said. Fleeing her family, Janice fell into the arms of a ranch hand named J.C. Lee. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, she flees her family. How old is she? Is she like a teenage runaway? No, she was older. I think like by the time she was able to graduate and turn 18, she was like, I'm out of here. Peace. Okay, so really, essentially, she just like, she didn't run away. She just said, okay, I'm out. Peace, yeah. I'm out. Okay. She was like, I got to get out of here. I'm breaking contact. I mean, kind of like the city we're from. A lot of people right. like grow up there. Like, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I think that's any city that anyone's well, from. Like, I gotta get out of this town. Any young person. Like, you yeah. know what? Uh, my next question is, she married a ranch hand. Now, when you talk about a ranch hand, you're talking like uh, a kind of a laborer. Yeah, like help good. How do you say that? Uh-oh. Never do well. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Jack of all trades. Master of none or something like that. All right. So somebody who doesn't really... It's somebody who's working paycheck to paycheck. Probably, yeah. Putting yes. beer on the table and biscuit right. in the whatever. Right. He was a ranch hand. I mean, I don't know how much ranch hand right. made at that time. I'm sorry. I don't know. Anyway, so the couple married and they had two kids. They had a daughter and a son. The family then decided to move to West Western Colorado where they were able to settle down. Um, she earned a nursing degree and landed a job at Delta Memorial Hospital. Her friends said that she always wanted to live a lifestyle that she could not afford. So she wanted to, um, what they said was she dreamed of the big lights of Dallas, but did not find happiness there. So to me, that sounds like she moved to Dallas, but that's not Dallas. <laughs> no, it's Colorado. <laughs> it's Colorado. Well, I, at least that's impressive that she got her nursing degree. I mean, that's... Oh, absolutely. That's, that's not easy. No, it's definitely not easy, especially when you have young children. So while Janice's career thrived, her home life fell into turmoil. When J.C. began having an affair with a younger woman. So, it wasn't just any younger woman. This younger woman happened to be one of their daughter's friends from school. Holy shit. Now, wait. From college? I don't know. It 
I did not, the episode did not say, and see, and actually in one of the episodes, the snapped episode, it just said a younger woman. And some of the articles I read. Well, if it's a woman, then she's at least 18. Yes. I'm thinking that probably from school, like maybe she got old enough and he was like, hey, baby. Um, So Gina swore revenge on him. (laughs) So she swore revenge on him uh, the day that she caught the two about to have sex in their getaway cabin for embarrassing her. So he embarrassed her. That embarrassed her. No. How about you cheated on me with a younger woman? Not just embarrassment. That shit's fucking wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. I don't know what, how he, she treated him. I think that it, it is wrong no matter what. I think that if I caught my husband having about to have sex in a getaway cabin, um, it would definitely crush me, but I don't yes. think I would be out for revenge. I mean, I would, I would fucking hate his guts and I would maybe want to have grunge, grudge sex with someone else, but I don't think I would ever want to hurt him or, you know, he is, mm. he is an asshole, but he's the dad of my kids and whatever. Maybe. There is one way out of my marriage. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, this reminds me of that. The band Perry song. <laughs> Do you know that song? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, well, there's one way out of my marriage, and it's by death. Oh, okay. You're creeping me out, Cindy. Mm. You're really creeping me out. I'm just saying. Well, at least was it by death for this lady? Because he might end up like Earl. Time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, Janice would take another job at another. Uh, she would. Except a job at another hospital where she would meet her future husband, John Bruce Dodson. So, so did this affair that she ca- almost caught her husband having sex in, did it end in divorce? Or yeah. am I getting ahead of myself? No, yet? she got divorced. She did. They, they ended up divorcing. Yes, after that. they did end up divorcing. Right. So John Bruce Dodson, better or not better known as, but known as Bruce, was a native of Baltimore, Maryland. He was also a Navy vet and Vietnam War veteran and a graduate a graduate from the University of Maryland. He worked as a medical technologist at Delta Memorial County Hospital in Delta, Colorado. So the longtime bachelor was crazy about his new wife or his new girlfriend that he met. All right, so Janice Dodson, again, was a divorced registered nurse that they met at work, and they both liked to hunt game, and um, they had the same interest. Wait. She pronounces her name Janice. No, he <laughs> pronounced who? Okay, so he Janice he pronounced who, her name Janice. So instead of that's his like pet name for her, Janice. 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 Okay, I'm sorry, but Janice. mine is cakes. Mine's Sindel. Okay, Sindel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So Bruce helped Janice through her divorce. So they met prior to the divorce, and then he helped her through. He, you know, he consoled her. So and he he's the her. grudge. He's the grudge fuck. Yes, he is. So there's like it might feel like initial love, but I'm guessing that once oh, she starts healing, that initial love is it was really off. what it was. Yeah. Okay, just a grudge. All right. So Bruce helped Janice through her divorce. <laughs> Bruce helped Janice through her divorce from JC. <laughs> JC? Yeah, JC. All right. Oh. Bruce helped Janice through her divorce with JC, and finally the couple got married in July of 1995. Bruce and Janice were introduced originally by a friend that they worked together. So a mutual friend introduced him at the hospital. The two quickly hit it off and began dating prior to July 1995. (laughs) 
Bruce was a shy guy, a bit of a loner. So when Janice began having financial trouble troubles again, Bruce stayed with her and helped her pay some of the credit card bills that she was incurring because she was envisioning the big lights of Dallas and wanted to live that flashy lifestyle. Um, it had been said that Janice always lived beyond her means and wanted a bigger, flashier life. Um... Eventually, though, the constant spending was way too much for Bruce, and he split up with Janice. But it wasn't not it wasn't very long before he became lonely, and they said crawled back to Janice, or just said, you know what, I love her, and I'm gonna take it. Crawled back to Janice, like please take me back. Like yeah. I have a funny feeling it wasn't like that. She no. begged him to come back. Oh, and, and it might have been just that he was in love, and he was like, you know what? I can help yeah. you through this. We can get over this. We can start over okay. and start fresh. As soon as they got married, and w- they soon got married, like July 1995, like I said, they went on their honeymoon, but the honeymoon went sour and went sour fast. So Janice immediately began thinking of divorce, like, oh, fuck, what have I done? She even reached out to a, a divorce attorney. She had an attorney, and then there were some things that just followed up. Like, she got... Um, she made sure that his houses were put in her name and, like, a bunch of stuff that just... I mean, I don't know if I got married right away. I'd be like, all right, put your house in my name. I don't know. That just seems a little fishy to me. Well, that's... Yeah. Like, what I'm saying is that she probably... Like, where it said he crawled back to her. To me, it would be more like, this is a spider luring her... Yes. Luring her prey into the web. And she's taking... She... I don't even know. Like, you've just introduced me to this woman, but... She has some motives behind her. I think so, too. Or at least the way you're portraying her makes her seem like a money-hungry... Now, is this guy wealthy? No. I mean, he just did well for himself. He was very frugal. But he has a house, and he has, like, some insurance or whatever. Right. He's got a couple of things. Now, granted, it said he was a Navy veteran. It didn't say whether he was retired or not, but he he was a Vietnam vet. He might have been a retired Navy, so he might have got a pension from the Navy or a disability or something, and then he did have another job, so he had probably multiple streams of income, and it does later say that he had a couple of houses, so they might have been rental properties. He had some things. He was was very smart with his money, it sounds like. So, three months after their wedding date, Janice decided to take Bruce on his first hunting expedition in a place that I cannot pronounce. I would love to hear you try to pronounce it. <laughs> um, I hear, I'm, I have no Say idea. it the white girl way and not say <laughs> it the Spanish way. Okay. Oh, I can't say that the Spanish way. No. Just say it. I have no idea how to say that. It's a national forest. You say Un it. Un compadre is how I would say it. Un okay. compadre national forest. I would love to hear you say it the white girl way. <laughs> okay. Un compadre is the way I would say it. Okay. Well, you would know. No, I wouldn't. I've never been there. <laughs> but you got it in your DNA. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, that's Andrew Jackson remark there. <laughs> All right. It was an area she knew very well, and she and her ex-husband, JC, had camped there and hunted there very often. So as it turns out, JC was there this particular weekend with his girlfriend. Now, I don't She's know if it was a high school. still that, in love with this man, oh, isn't she? Yeah, that comes out later, yes. So it turns out that JC, his girlfriend, his brother, and a few of their friends were camping at the site as well, which is awfully convenient for me. Okay. In so my does opinion. she know this to begin with? Okay, what transpires later, in my opinion, I would think she would have to know this. Okay. But how she knows... I don't know. Well, maybe it's something they did every year around the same time. Who knows? She right? was married to this JC person for like 20-something years. Well, yeah. And they had two kids. So 
the and likelihood our, and the they, kids are grown it seems yes like. so there's no telling but the likelihood was that they still talked or that maybe she called them or the children their adult children might have told her who knows just a quick question was the daughter still friends with this girl that is now fucking her dad i don't know and i don't know if this girlfriend that's with him is the same girl oh Okay. I would like to change his thing. Yeah, I would think. I mean, who knows? He might have just been having, you know, a little yeah, side piece. Just, um, well, either that or, you know what? He's a bachelor now. He's just playing the scene. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't. And quite honestly, I didn't really try to look that hard for that piece of information. Okay. <laughs> well, leave it to me. I'm going to ask the questions. I know. I know. But it wasn't readily available either. Okay. Because gotcha. I did look at several different articles and sites and TV shows and right. all that. All right, so um, all the words that we're not supposed to say. Deep in the Colorado wilderness on the second day of hunting season, so it was, and maybe that's why he was there, because she knew he was going to be there, because it's the second day of hunting season. That's where he always goes, Yeah. So on October 15th, 1995, a veteran police officer, Doug Kyle, came across what appeared to be a terrible tragedy. It would actually turned out to be much more complicated and bone-chilling. Lying on the ground bleeding was Bruce Dodson, 48, with an orange hunting vest at his side. Why was he not wearing it? Well, unless she took it off to, like, do CPR or something. All right. So, I mean, I wouldn't think, let me get this orange vest off, because they're usually kind of flimsy. They're not something that would obstruct CPR. His wife of three months, Janice, was screaming for help. I picked up the orange vest and was just screaming at him, why didn't you have your vest on? Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. She was crying and carrying on, said Kyle. I said, is this your husband? She said, yes, that's Bruce. Help. You've got to help him. So he's bleeding. Is he still alive at this point? Mm, he was pretty much beyond help at, at this point. So when he checked Bruce's body, he being Kyle, the former police officer, he could not find a pulse. He did not see Bruce's chest moving. Kyle then rushed up the mountain to alert authorities. When he returned to the campsite with a Mesa County Sheriff's deputy, he found a very different scene. The deputy let me walk down, down, and when I got to, got to the spot where he was, I immediately stopped and I said, uh, well, this is different. Well, then he said, well, this is different. This is not the way I left the scene. Bruce was lying on his back and Janice had covered him with a blanket. Janice said that she wanted to keep Bruce warm until law enforcement had arrived, but authorities were concerned that she had already disrupted the crime scene. So what was different from when he brought the cop down? Because, I mean, there has to be some time transpired. Yes. Just the well, blanket covering him? Yes. She had also placed Bruce's vest and sweatshirt over his body, wiped, he, she wiped dirt from his face, and straightened his eyeglasses. I think that probably would be something i might do cover my husband with a blanket i don't know it must have been drastically different maybe he was like laying in a certain way and she straightened him up and she like straightened his just okay made him look i don't know so just he different. may have had some suspicions about what happened maybe okay yeah because generally it's like don't touch anything don't move anything but i don't know he just immediately was like okay this is this is different this is not how i left it okay So Bruce was beyond help at this point. He seemed destined to be yet another victim of a hunting accident mistaken for game. A mistake that would repeat itself more than 100 times that year. So you're talking 100 hunting accidents. Shooting accidents, yes. So Janice told the sheriff's department that she and Bruce had woken up early early that morning around 5 a.m. to begin their hunting trip. They decided that Janice would flush out the game from up the hill while Bruce waited in a meadow down below ready to shoot. 
Um, I did read in a different article that they were hunting two different types of game. So I'm, I don't know. I read that she was looking for elk and that he was hunting for deer. Okay, so two things. First of all, he knows nothing about hunting because you said in the last, uh, last couple minutes that this is his first hunting trip, right? So he knows nothing for game and she's telling him, look, I'm going to go flesh out the game. Yes. Um, now... Another question I have is, aren't elk very similar to deer? I mean, would you know the difference if you're a new hunter? Do they look alike? I think their horns are different. I would know a deer. I love I'm it like, when I baffle you. Well, no, I'm like thinking I'm like having an elk in my head. I think the, I think they're distinctly different. Yes, I would think that if he knew what a deer looked like, he would know the All difference. Right. That, that's not a to deer. To me, in my head, I don't see a difference. I think, I think maybe elk are a little bit uh, bulkier. Maybe more muscular, but I am bigger than a deer. You know, where we are, a deer, like, okay. Well, the horns are, I mean, they're almost oh, moose-like. Yeah. yeah, that looks almost b- moose-like. Yes, we're looking at a picture right now, and it's, like, got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Honestly, okay. So, yeah. The horns a, are a lot bigger. As but- somebody who's never been hunting before, and something like that came in, I wouldn't know the difference between an elk or a deer. So, yeah. yeah, that doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Please right. continue. <laughs> okay, thank you. They had agreed <laughs> to return to the campsite around 9.30 a.m. According to Janice, she came back a bit earlier to change her clothes, her boots, and overalls because she had walked through a nearby bog. Shortly thereafter, she found her husband lying on the ground. All right, Mercedes, do you want to explain to our listeners what a bog is? Well, I can tell you what a boggin is. <laughs> Well, I remember as a kid going to a ball game and it's just like this big muddy pit and all these like big monster trucks would, uh, you know, go through the mud or whatnot. I remember at the end of the, the ball game, like after the trucks were finished, they let all the kids jump in. So we would jump all jump in this bog and, you know, be muddy from waist down. Like it's kind of like waiting in a pond but it's mud right it's very weird. yes it's wet muddy ground too yeah. soft to support a heavy body right but it's it's enough to where you can get in we'd have mud fight it was a great fun i mean i clearly remember that as a child like it's a a happy memory so yeah we went bogging <laughs> janice became very distraught retelling her story to the sheriff's department so distraught that she had to be airlifted to a nearby hospital after fainting Bruce's body was transported to the coroner for an autopsy, which revealed that he had been shot three times. Oh. That doesn't sound very accidental to me. So, yeah, a hunting accident and someone shot three times because he looks like a deer or an elk. Yes. I actually know someone whose father was killed in a hunting accident, and it is... There is suspicion. Was he hunting with Dick Cheney? <laughs> no. <laughs> The family's suspicion is that his wife had him killed. Holy shit. I mean, there's never... Oh, you'll have to tell me the story later. Okay. (laughs) I will. I'm not going to discuss it here. I understand. So Janice Dodson says that when she heard this, that he had been killed. So he'd been shot three times and that the homicide detectives in the corner, they were starting to believe that this wasn't by accident. And when she heard that, she was like, I can't believe that. There is absolutely no reason that someone would want to kill Bruce. No one deserved that. 
especially him. No one deserves to die like that. So she just kind of went on and on like, this is bullshit. No, this must have been an accident. There's absolutely no reason why this was anything other than an accident. Well, the detective on the case was Detective Booth and his partner, Detective Martinez. Well, they began analyzing every single little minute detail over the last few days of Bruce's life. Reconstructing the incident, they concluded that they were up against an icy, calculating murderer. Wow. So they could they could tell immediately this is not a typical... Yes. Now, do they have a suspect? Like, are you saying that after talking to her, they accuse her of murdering? Well, him? there's a few things. All right. So Booth, the detective, theorizes that Bruce was walking along the fence line when he was first fired upon maliciously miraculously not maliciously miraculously the bullet pierced his clothing and only grazed his skin booth says he thinks that bruce then took off his vest waving it around like hello booth versus bruce i know (laughs) he started waving it around like hello i'm not a deer please don't fucking shoot me and then bruce was shot in the chest okay wait this is what the detective thinks Yes, this is just his theory. Oh, I think, okay, so this is why he wasn't wearing the vest. He's, like, waving it around. Correct. This is their theory. All right. They think that he got shot, he got grazed, he took off his vest and started swinging it around in the air and was like, hello, you dumb fox, I'm not a deer. Do you see the bright-ass orange? And then he was shot in the chest. Yeah, okay. And then as he was falling, he was hit one more time in the back. At the crime scene, investigators discovered two shell casings casings of a three hundred eight caliber bullet, which did not match either Bruce or Janice's weapons. All right, so it was someone else. That's what they're saying. There was a third bullet, and it struck a a fence post before it hit Bruce. Investigators investigators traced the bullet's path to what they believed was the assassin's nest, where they found a spent cartridge from a 380 caliber bullet 308 did i say 380 the first time no this time you did oh okay so a 308 neither bruce nor janice were hunting with such weapon but investigators soon discovered that there was someone who had a 308 oh really yeah who janice's ex-husband oh no so janice's ex-husband who had an affair with his daughter's friend Mm -hmm. has a 308 who was hunting at the same camp. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. So, J.C. Lee was camping about three quarters of a mile away. Just before the day of the murder, though, Lee reported a three hundred eight rifle stolen along with some of his nosling shells. So, some of his ammo. All right, hold on. So, he, before the dude's murder, he reported that his weapons were missing? Mm-hmm. Yes, he had a, a gun stolen out of his camp. So if you were going to murder someone with a certain gun, would you report it missing to the police? I don't know. So, I mean, maybe that's his alibi? Like, here I have a couple of suspicions here. Like, mm-hmm. okay, at first I'm leaning towards the wife because right? of the way that you're, you're heading. And now we have the ex-husband with the same gun camping in the same area, which... Is awfully weird. Okay. So, and now his gun is missing. And he reports it. Yes. You could look at it as, okay, so someone legitimately stole his gun. Or is he just saying that because he wants an alibi and saying, I reported my gun stolen. My gun stolen. There's no way I could have done this. 
Alright, so JC, or uh, Jana said that JC didn't care for anybody that she ever dated, even after they were divorced. Well, I hope that she wasn't dating anybody when they were married. That's so the whole reason. So she's pointing them in this ex-husband's direction. Yes. So Com- she says, oh, by the way, my ex-husband is probably camping here, and I know he has this gun. So then they investigate that ex-husband. They do investigate okay. him. Police did begin to wonder if Lee was upset that Janice had moved on with another man. So they questioned him. Police asked, actually asked him to take a polygraph, but he refused to take one and said, because, and he also had a solid alibi. So he refused, and there was some talk about how, well, you know, it doesn't really matter if he but refuses or not. But does he still not. love his ex-wife? Like, is he still having um, conversation and communication with her? He, we, yes. He received a strange call from her. Okay. But let's, so he had an alibi. Lee's girlfriend and a co-worker both vouched for the fact that he was hunting at the time with them at the time of the murder. So he is there in the same forest. What, what was it? Okinachi or something like that. All right. So he was hunting with them in their eyesight. They were with him. They both say, no, he was with us. We were all together in a group. Um, But here's some follow up with that. So just weeks before Janice married Bruce, however, Lee said he started receiving strange phone calls from his ex-wife. He told detectives that she wanted to reconcile with him, but he was not interested. And a friend named Catherine confirmed that Janice was still infatuated with JC. She also stated that she still loved him, even though she was married to Bruce. Once she married Bruce, she was still in love with JC because he was her soulmate. You know, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, my husband and I have been married for a really long time. And I love him. Like, he is my soulmate. But what if he had an affair with a younger woman? Like, I would be totally crushed. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And my whole life has revolved around him. I don't know how he would react. I don't think I would pray that I would never want to hurt him. But, you know, right. try to, like, look at it from her perspective, too. I'm just not like her. I probably would have just lost my damn mind. Um, so the police would then soon turn their, their attention towards her. Yes. Towards the grieving uh-huh. widow. So as it turns out. Janice had purchased three insurance policies totaling four hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars on her husband's on her husband shortly before his death. It was speculated that she may have needed the money to pay off debts that she piled up during her divorce. But I thought he helped her pay off all that stuff. Well, I mean, he helped her pay off some credit card bills, but I mean, maybe I mean, not attorney bills or you know, there are other. So this information came from a story published in some newspaper that I read about. You can see the show notes if you want more detailed uh, yes. citations. Montrose Daily Press. All right, she had taken out three insurance policies, and she made sure they got wills done. I mean, she was busy. She was busy in these three months. Well, and I think, God, if somebody I just married was doing all this, I could see it as being responsible. I think I would feel a little, little uneasy. Yeah, I just... Like, we better get our wills done. It seems very Here, pushy. Sign this insurance. Yeah, I just yeah. think it's weird. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's because I don't have a will now. I don't know. All right. So, um, she had also, um, Bruce had owned two property homes, like I told you, and she had the property put in both of their names during the three months since they were married. So, I mean, she's, you know, let's get this insurance policies done. Let's get our wills done. Make sure my names are on those houses, too. I don't know. It just seems like yeah, she had a plan. <laughs> Seems like that to me. <laughs> so one month after Bruce's death, Janice was gambling at the Players 
Players Club Casino in Louisiana. She had closed his bank account, sold his homes and other property, his car, and even his horse. She cashed in his IRAs as well. So police said that she was badgering the life insurance companies to pay off his policies, even though they were only good for accidental death, not homicide. Okay, so yes, because his his death was not ruled accidental; it was ruled, it was ruled a homicide. But sh- so they knew automatically it was a right homicide. because he was deemed a homicide, not an accident. Even though it was tried set up like it might have been a hunting accident, right? Because a hunting accident, you went and th- shoot a person three times. No, not typically. Not from the same weapon. Maybe if three different people were no, shooting I at the even same think thing. Three. I mean. Okay. All right. Well, that's not the only thing. All right. She got remarried. Yes. Oh, she did. Yeah. Was it a rich man? Mm -hmm. Was it for love or money? (laughs) I'm sure it was not for love. So police gave Janice a polygraph three months after Bruce's death, and she stuck to her story, denying anything to do with her husband's death. Um, The polygraph did show that showed deception on two questions, but without further evidence, they had nothing to hold her on. Okay. So she moved on with her life, and a year later, she remarried, relocated to Texas. Investigators later learned that she had the new husband, uh, Bart Hall, um, and she had taken out her insurance policy on him, too. Oh, so wait a minute. All right, a couple things. So she marries this dude, and uh, they relocate to Texas. Do they move to Dallas by any chance? No, they don't. But it might be a town outside of Dallas. I don't All really right. know where this town is. All right. So she has him take out an insurance policy for $100,000. So she's the suspect in this murder. Oh, absolutely. Right. District Attorney Frank Daniels said it was all very suspicious. You think? Yeah. But there was one thing they didn't seem right. They didn't seem right. Bruce and Janice had set up their campsite close to other hunters who had been there first. You don't want to camp near other hunters, said Booth, the original detective. This is millions of acres up here. You don't camp next to other to, to each other. So what was her what was her thinking behind camping? Alibis? I mean, I don't know. Oh. Maybe they'd say no, oh. they were a loving couple. Yada yada yada. So Bruce and Martinez later discovered that Janice had been up to the mountain weeks before on a separate hunting trip without her husband. So suddenly in their minds, Janice changed from the grieving widow to the prime suspect. So they realize that she is really way more, uh, I guess she's she has more expertise in hunting than they first imagined. Yes. Yes. So they believe at this point, um, she was there to set the scene. She knew that this was going to be the murder area up ahead. So she was like scoping out the area, making sure that this was the right place. So that's why they camped where they did, where they were hunting where they were. Um, so then when investigators, um, when they learned about her financial situation, her financial affairs, they were like, yep, that's it. There's our motive. So a Necro Search International volunteer who had helped search for the missing gun um, noticed an artificial pond lined with bentonite clay in the area where J.C. Lee had been camping. So they were searching for this missing gun. They came across this artificial pond. And I guess that's a particular type of clay that's not very common. Okay. 
So the mud that stained Janice's clothing the day of the murder matched this clay from the pond. So you're talking, this investigation is like a forensic investigation. She yes. had forensic evidence on her clothing yes. from this pond. Yes, and because they just noticed where there's this pond, and they were trying to, you know, put everything together. So the, like I said, the, the mud that stained her clothing, the mud that stained her clothing matched this clay from this artificial pond, which placed her in Lee's camp, where the gun first disappeared. Ooh, she is trying. She is attempting to frame her ex-husband for murder. That's what it looks like to me. Oh. So, investigators... Clever. (laughs) Right? Investigators believe that she waded through the mud to sneak into Lee's camp and um, pilfer... Pilfer? Pilfer. Pilfer. <laughs> Don't even say that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> His Remington 308 caliber rifle. Because I know you use pilfer on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> that dad burned boy pilfered my phone charger. <laughs> they do that all the time. All right. So she stole his gun and she stole some of his ammunition. The next day, she went hunting alone. This, so they, I mean, the, everything's just adding up against her. She, I mean, where it seemed like she planned stuff out, she didn't quite plan everything out. Investigators theorized, again with their theories, that Janice found a hiding place, shot at Bruce at long range with the stolen gun. After the first bullet grazed Bruce, he, uh, he thought a hunter had mistakenly formed a deer, took off his orange vest, waved it around. Then Janice put two more bullets in him and disposed of the stolen gun, which police never found. Well, so it wasn't her ex-husband's gun. Yes. It was or wasn't? Right. So they don't know that it wasn't her ex-husband's gun, but I think that we can assume that it was. But, you know. Right. Because his gun was claimed stolen. So they don't know if it's the gun that she shot with. Correct. I have a quick question. It's kind of like a little bit off, but is it true that say you um, get a concealed carry and you register your weapon, do they do a shot so they have ballistics on file of your gun? Or is that I don't know conspiracy theory? I don't know. Writing? I don't know that. But I do know that let's say you get pulled over and there's a gun in your vehicle and they take it and you get whether and you get arrested. Let's say you have a gun and they're like, oh, well, you don't have a concealed weapon. We're going to arrest you for this uh, for this gun. They then do take it, shoot it, log it. So it's in the system. Right. Because they need to make sure that that gun wasn't already used in some sort of crime but they don't do it beforehand like there's no fbi database of the ballistics of your gun when you buy it i don't know i don't think so all right but that's a question that i could ask someone else who would know okay well can you do that and report that to us next time yes that'll be my homework thank you that'll be our segue next week yes so prosecutors at this point started to suspect that janice had planned to kill bruce from the start of their relationship and to conveniently pin the murder on her ex-husband. Wow. So she has been married to JC for how many years, raised two children, and then all of a sudden she becomes a murderous, angry woman. Yep. And to all in revenge for her ex-husband? Lord help me. Please don't let my husband cheat on me. <laughs> right? So it took three years to string the case together with ballistic evidence. In the meantime, Janice Dotson forgot about Bruce, started over, as if throwing all his possessions away weren't enough of an insult. She allegedly dumped his ashes on the side of the road. What? 
Yeah, she never loved this man. Do you know what? Dump my ashes anywhere. Just don't keep me in a fucking urn. <laughs> so she relate relocated to Nacogdoches, Texas. Nacogdoches, <laughs> where she married the Bart Bartlett M. Hall in Las Vegas on November twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six. So she was married to. Yeah, she got married in July of nineteen ninety five. To Bruce. And then three months later, he was killed. And then she remarried November 27th, 1996. Does this man know that she, uh, had her husband died in a hunting accident? I have no clue. Suspicious? No uh, clue. So he took, it says, he, well, she took out a $100,000 life insurance policy to make sure his bride was taken care of. So he took out the policy to make sure that his bride was taken care of in the event that anything happened to and him. And I'm sure that he didn't have any... Oh, she probably said, listen, you have to do this because my husband just died and left me with all this I- these issues. Just make the policies out to me. Probably. Right. Fortunately, by the time police arrested her in October of 1998, no unlucky accidents had befallen Hall. So he wasn't as annoying as Bruce. Clearly not. So, three years after his death, investigators uh, returned to the National Forest to search Un for... Compagre. <laughs> Un compagre. They had returned to the forest to look for that murder weapon. <laughs> <laughs> they focused on the bog by Janice's camp and near in the pond near J.C.'s camp, which contained the type of clay which was unique to the area um, and that they found on her clothing. Uh, remembering Janice's tale of wading through the bog, investigators investigators took dirt samples from the pond and the bog and compared them to the evidence found on Janice's boots and overalls. The samples were taken to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, where they examined were examined by forensic scientist Jacqueline Battles. She concluded that the dried mud found on Janice's clothing was consistent with the samples from the pond near J.C.'s campsite. Yeah, because that clay is not going to be everywhere. I mean, there's a specific area where that can come from. That's it. Right. In that, I mean, because it was that, like, a man-made pond, artificial pond, and it was made with that clay that wasn't indigenous to that area. So, um, this placed Janice at the scene where the gun was stolen. This was enough evidence to secure a search warrant for, Wait, or a so warrant for her arrest. so his gun was stolen from his hunting site? Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh. Maybe you said that and I just forgot. So, she, they were, they're thinking that she waded through that pond, snuck up to his campsite, stole his gun. God, and that's how she got that mud on her. creepy bitch. Yeah. So, this was enough evidence to get a search warrant. So, then she was taken into custody and charged with first-degree murder. I'm not covering her trial. I mean, I'm really, there's not anything profound there. A jury found her guilty of first-degree murder after deliberating for three and a half days. On March 20th, 2000, year 2000, so not too long ago, what, well, 20, 20 years, years ago? ago? 20 years ago this week. <laughs> That's kind of long yeah. ago. Yeah. I mean, it was, golly. Yeah, so 20 years ago. I hope she's still in prison and doesn't get out before that. She received a life sentence without possibility of parole. Oh, good, good. In 2002, a three-judge a three-judge <laughs> Colorado, Colorado. Court of Appeals rejected her lawyer's claim that Janice, Janice's jury didn't receive clear So she didn't get an appeal. I um, mean, they just declined it. So, I mean, I'm glad that she didn't go through the trial because what's the point? But yeah. 
obviously it was cut and dried. Here's the evidence. And then they found her. Yeah, they had her dead to rights. All right. So today, Janice is inmate 104430 at Denver's Women's Correctional Facility in Mesa County. Her profile still lists her sentence as life without parole. So the prison participates in programs allowing inmates to train troubled and neglected dogs to become service animals for army vets. Aw. But it's doubtful any animal would trust her. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really? Because I'm going to trust a fucking dog. If a dog says she is evil, yeah. I believe it. I mean, it's doubtful that they, that any animal would trust her. They're probably like, Listen, uh. Okay, so this is kind of off the... Don't forget where you are. I won't. But Gigi mm-hmm. keeps smelling my leg. Like, I feel like I have cancer in my leg because she keeps smelling the same spot on my leg. Should I go to a doctor and say my dog smells my leg like I have cancer? You know, it, 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 why not? I have a friend who thought... She was having this pain in her leg, and all these commercials were on TV saying that, you know, oh, blood clots are caused by the Nuva ring or no, whatever that ring right. was. And she was like, That birth you, control thing. Yeah, the yeah, birth okay. control ring. And she was like, do you think I should go? And I'm like, why not? Well, I mean, seriously, why not? So she went to the emergency room, and they were like, oh, they kind of were like, oh, well, why do you think you have a blood clot in your leg if you have this, like, pain in your leg? She's like, well, I have the Nuva ring, and there's all these commercials on TV saying that you could, it could cause blood clots. And they kind of treated her like, oh, okay, but we'll do it. She had a fucking blood clot. So I'm going to go. I'm not going to the ER, but, I mean, what kind of doctor is going to say, oh, your dog's sniffing your leg? He's like, your dog's overly sniffing your leg. Hey, but seriously. They have dogs for that. If I die of that, please know that I said my dog knew it way before we did. Yeah. I would be paranoid like that. Troubled dogs and neglected dogs don't trust this bitch. Okay. Correct. Good. All right. So their mother, um, their mother, Ruth E. Dotson. Whose mother? <laughs> well, I'm going with Bruce's mother here. No. Was it Bruce? Yeah. Or Dotson. No. Okay. No. Bruce was Dotson. She lived until 2002, long enough to see her ex-daughter-in-law put away for good, where she can't hurt anyone else's son. And that's all I've got. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you were just as intrigued by this week's murder as we were. We appreciate sharing our passion with you, and we thank you for your support. If you'd like to support us even further, you can subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star rating. While there, leave us a comment about absolutely anything. Your subscription and ratings are essential to our success and helps push us up the charts. You can do this on your favorite platform. And for more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. We are so grateful to spend our time together and share our murderous stories. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us and not thinking we are kind of weird for our obsession. We would like to thank our Patreon supporters. They are the extra. You too can become one of our beloved patrons by signing up at patreon.com forward slash it wasn't me pod. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating. Thanks again, guys. And remember, it it wasn't wasn't me. me.